Hey, what is up, guys? Welcome back to the Epic Dad Legacy Podcast. Uh, we've got on Jared Hanning today. I am super pumped for this conversation. We've been trying to make this happen for a couple months here and, and finally able to connect. And, and the conversation has just been excellent. So Jared, um, Jared is awesome, uh, just to, to put it bluntly. So uh, Jared has spoken on a ton of stages. He's delivered four TEDx talks um, and really focuses on mindset performance. So Jared owns a company called uh, the, the Mental Gym, uh, where they really help you know entrepreneurs, business owners, and sometimes not business owners, but uh, more often than that, not uh, really think more strategically in a higher level um, and access different parts of their brain on demand. Um, as a result, most of Jared's clients uh, end up doubling their income uh, by working half as many hours. So if that sounds awesome to you, you, you probably want to pay attention. So. Uh, Jared, thank you so much for coming on. Um, what do we chat about during this episode? Uh, we opened up with the awkward foray into our ignorance about veterinary medicine. <laughs> um, <laughs> although it end, ended well, it ended well. Um, no harm there. Uh, we we did cover a little bit about how your relationship with your kids is uh, more a reflection of the quality of your business than it is your kids' behavior. And we also took a look at the frustrating blind spot that uh, all the things that you think are good ideas are actually the reason your life is stuck at the level that you're stuck at. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just awesome. And, and like big one on that, you guys will hear from the episode, but you know, working harder uh, is not necessarily, you know, the, the best way to go. Right. And I fall right into that trap of uh, making sure that I'm, I'm consistently taking action. I think I'm going to you know, solve the world's problems and get, and get success. And, and a lot of times that that's exactly why we're in the trap that we're in. Right. And so uh, Jerry just does an awesome job about kind of explaining our, our, our middle traps that we fall into, our thinking patterns that we fall into um, and, and how to start to think about breaking those. So Jerry, thank you for coming on, man. Um, awesome conversation. And guys, let's, uh, let's hop into the episode. Are you ready to become the dad you know you are meant to be? Good. Because this is the Epic Dad Legacy Podcast, where imperfect action is better than perfect ideas, promises kept are more important than promises made, and nothing happens unless you make it happen. My name is Drew, father of three, and founder of the Epic Dad Company. My mission is to help dads up their game and become the husbands, fathers, and men they're called to be. Thanks for listening. Now let's start the episode. Oh. <laughs> yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, we've been trying to do this for, I don't know, what, probably two months? or so. Um, and then <laughs> I think uh, I may have had a scheduling conflict one time and then you had gotten the, the, the Rona, uh, one time, I think. So are you feeling mm. better? Mm. I, I am. I I'm very, very, very thankful. Um, I have a, a, a controversial story to, Let's to, go for it. to, to share about <laughs> that. Let's do it. <laughs> I, I have a controversial story. Feel free to edit this out. No way. <laughs> um, so I, uh, I had the Rona, uh, went to the doctor, um, toughed it out, miserable. Um, before that, I actually got the vaccine. So this would be probably maybe a year ago. Okay. I got the vaccine. I got this, the follow up, the second shot. I didn't get the booster six months later. I didn't get mm -hmm. the third shot, but I get to the vaccine. Um, that was horrible. I mean, I was just like, Man, the vaccine, the vaccine for a couple was days. Yeah. Vaccine Which one did tough. you get? I think I got the Pfizer. Pfizer. Okay. Pretty sure I got Pfizer. I didn't get Moderna. Um, so that was a tough couple days for the, the vaccine. Um, uh, although it was weird because I noticed that the day that I got the vaccine, 
um, my baseball pitching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I am telling you, man, that's the best pitching I have ever done in my life. I don't know if those are correlated, but maybe, I don't know. <laughs> um, but the same thing happened when I got the booster like three weeks later, same thing. They that can, day, my pitching was on. They need to be checking miss. MLB guys then, you know, if they pitch like a really good game, just, you know, hey, let me, let me check you out. Make sure you didn't get the, that'd like be your, cool. Like your like 25th booster shot, you know? <laughs> so, so that's the background. I, ha- I had the vaccine, which gives you a little bit of insight on how I value political spectrum stuff, right? I got the vax. Um, I had COVID. Okay. Um, and then I, I got COVID again. And um, I'm talking to my sister, and my sister is is far right wing, like I mean, I, I, far right, far right, okay. And um, she certainly has paid the price for it um, legally <laughs> for her involvements there. But um, so I'm talking to her, and and I've got COVID again, and she's like, "Dude, you've got nothing to lose. Just try it." And I'm like, you know, she's right. She's absolutely right. I've got nothing to lose. If I go to the doctor, there's not anything they can give me. They're not going to give me anything for this. They're just going to send me home, say, sorry, dude, you just got to tough it out. If I stay home, I'm just going to tough it out. She's absolutely right. I have nothing to, to lose. Yeah. What was she saying? Just try what? Ivermectin horse paste from Tractor Supply. You had a, seriously? You did the horse yes. paste thing? You yes. know, they make like pills. They do make pills. And I asked my doctor about it the first time I was there and they nearly threw me out of the office. Really? It's so crazy to me. Like that. You can't even have that discussion. You know, I was, I I don't. So, I mean, I mean, it, we've been given it for for decades. It's unbelievably safe with like hardly any side effects. What's wrong with giving me this thing, even if it doesn't help yeah. the COVID? What's wrong with it? Uh, yeah, no, okay. It's one of the safest drugs, like, like on record, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, like we don't have to dive into a political rant and that's not the intent of this podcast, um, <laughs> you know, but, but Hey, you brought it up, right? So I'm I brought it up. I brought it up. So <laughs> I went, I got the horse pace. I'm like, I will try anything once. I'll give it a try. I got the horse pace. I felt amazing really? an hour later, took the second dose that afternoon felt amazing and that was it never really? needed it again okay oh my gosh did it oh man it was amazing so i recommended it to a friend of mine didn't do anything for him yeah i, guess, I don't know do different different people you know react differently i guess um so it's the thing with covid too right i mean some people get like super sick and uh some people just kind of it bounces off of them um you know it, it doesn't seem to be like any common factors it seems kind of random that at, at a lot of times i mean you know I think there's a lot of statistics to say like the healthier you are, right? Like the probably the better you're going to be, you know, but yeah. still though, like I, I, my, my sister, for instance, she is like into CrossFit, you know, she's like one of the healthiest people like alive and she got it the, the first round. It was like in the hospital, you know, it's like crazy. And I got it and I sneezed like twice and I was like, all right, I'm done. You know, <laughs> and, and it's, it's just, everybody kind of gets it differently, but um, yeah, no, I, 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 so I'm not a, I'm, I'm not an anti-vaxxer although I, I did not get this vaccine. Um, you know, hey, if you want to get it, great for you. Like if that's the, the right decision for you, like I'm not anti-vax, right? Um, but, uh, you know, to me, it was like, it, it was four things. It's like one, this is, this is a new technology. Like as much we, as we want to say like, oh, vaccines have been around for a long time. This is new, not, not this type, right? 
And there's uh, there's just not a lot of data to back it up, right? And so by saying, hey, it's safe and effective, like, do we actually know that long-term? No, we don't. Um, you know, and then two, it's like, I'm, I'm a pretty healthy guy. I like to stay in shape. Like I own a fitness supplement company, right? Like working out is yeah. pretty, pretty uh, important to me. Um, you know, my health's important to me. So like, that was one thing. It's like, hey, my immunity is like pretty good. Um, and then third is just like, I've, I've already had it twice now, maybe three times, you know, and like not really been affected. So it's like, I don't, good. I don't need this, you know? Um, but no, it's caused, it's caused a lot of pain on, on my end too. And, and like I said, I'm not like a far right guy. I feel like I'm, I'm pretty in the middle and just kind of common sense guy, you know? Um, and you know, I'm, I'm like about to get kicked out of the army. I think maybe we'll see, you know? Um, cause it's, oh, that's right. Yeah. Because yeah. you, you, you mm -hmm. won't vax. Okay. Yeah. So We'll see. I think uh, the beginning of the fiscal year for the government is October one, so I think they'll have a final, you know, decision at that point. But like right now, like I'm not allowed to go put a uniform on, you know, okay. like I'm not allowed to go. So I'm in the National Guard. I'm not allowed to go drill. Um, you know, I'm not allowed to, to like get paid for for any type of training. So we're kind of just in this limbo right now where they're like, hey, you, you can't be part of us, but we're not sure if we're going to kick you out yet. So mm. I don't know. We'll see what happens. That is a new, it's new territory. It's not really something they've had to figure out what, yeah. how they feel about what, no, what are their and, values. And it's a lot, it's a lot of people, you know, um, it's going to impact that decision. And so, mm -hmm. you know, on, on the guard side, I think it's close, close to 60,000 people. Wow. Um, and, That's... and, you know, the army already can't, one can't retain people and two cannot recruit new people at all. And so mm -hmm. it's like, if you want to take just 60 K people, you know, in one fell swoop and like impact our readiness, even more than it already is like, go for it, you know, but like my, my perspective is just like, Hey, these are my values. Um, this is a decision I've made. And, mm -hmm. you know, I feel like the army needs me a lot more than I need them. And so, you know, um, if they want to make that decision, then that's fine. Uh, I'll just right, go, right. On, go on my life, you know, but I, I'd rather continue to serve. I've got about a year left. Um, you know, and, and, um, I'm up for a promotion. I'm up for a new position. Um, but just kind of put on hold, you know? Wow. It's crazy. Crazy times. Wow. Well, I'm glad the horse pace worked out for you though. Uh, very, very, very thankful. And, and <laughs> I was just surprised at how quick the turnaround really? was. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe there's something to it. I don't know. How do you, how do you take that? Do you have to like, like it's just a block, right? I mean, you have to like legitimately eat it. I don't um, know how you do that. Uh, what what I got uh, came in like a it was a paste that came in a syringe. Okay. And you could you could dose based on body weight. Okay. And so I just set the dose for my body weight, which isn't two thousand pounds, right? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I dosed appropriately, and and squirted out a little bit of that, that paste. Um, and it is, I mean, it is beyond the worst tasting thing you've ever had. Um, but I, I wasn't doing it because it tastes great. I was doing yeah. it because I didn't want to have COVID symptoms. I wanted yeah. to get back to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's an awesome story. And I think, uh, I don't know, like more, more emphasis, yeah, needs to be placed on looking at the underlying conditions, I think that, that cause like people to get really sick, you know, um, and you know, let's take a look at this person. Like, what does their body weight look like? What does their, you know, body fat percentage look like? What does their, their mindset look like? Which we'll get into, you know, a lot that has a big play mm -hmm. on that. Right. Um, you know, how, how you're thinking about getting sick 
and like what you have playing in your mind is going to play a lot into like, if you actually do get sick. So there, there's a yeah. lot there, you know? Um, yeah. So I, I just wish that we would, you know, it's probably too much to ask like our government, um, you know, to, to, to not just go for the easy solution and, and to try to address root cause, you know, um, which is a harder answer, but I think it's the right answer. Both, both of those, both of those, it is the right answer and it is a much harder answer. Mm. Um, it's a much slower answer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it doesn't put out the fire today, yep. but it is the right answer. Yeah. <laughs> and it's hard, <laughs> man. Guys. Oh, that's true. Well, oh, Jared, wow. we didn't, uh, I didn't bring you on to talk about horse pace though. Um, uh, what well, I brought you on cause one, we, we had uh, introduction through a mutual friend. Um, Greg? yep. Yep. Craig, uh, from high speed daddy, mm-hmm. uh, little Craig, he shaved his beard off too. He looks weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I was thinking that, but I didn't want to say it. Okay. 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 So I'm going to try to grow mine out now that I'm, you know, not in the army anymore. And uh, maybe, maybe he'll have someone short and I'll have to tell him to, you know, catch up to me for once. Um, but uh, no, so we, yeah, we met through, through Craig, who's part of your, uh, your mastermind um, and just had nothing but positive things to say about you and, and your group. Um, and so I wanted to bring you on and, and yeah, just kind of one, talk about the mastermind group, what type of stuff you guys are doing there. But I think uh, just like your, your approach is very, very cool. And kind of just doing a little bit of research on you. Um, you know, it's, it's very cool. Like, like I have a tattoo. Well, I don't have a tattoo yet, but it's one of the sayings that I love that I would, I would probably at some point in time get a tattoo. Um, and it just says gravity does not exist. Um, and I, I love that saying and kind of that like approach and saying that like there, we don't know what our barriers are, Right. Um, and like the, the human mind and the human potential is limitless. And like, although yes, there are like some realistic facts, like gravity, like I'm not actually saying that I think I can go fly like Superman, but, but what that says to me is that like, I have no idea what I'm capable of and what my mind is capable of. Um, you know, and so that, that, that to me is like a, um, just a huge part of what, what you have going on is just kind of unlocking the, the human mind and potential and, and, you know, being more effective and efficient at, at what you're doing. So I would love for, for you just to, for folks that don't know you, just, you know, give a little bit of bio about your, your background, uh, kind of how you got into this and, and what type of stuff you're working on. Uh, quick anecdote on gravity not existing. Uh, it's my limited understanding that gravity is not a force. Um, in the physics realm, gravity is not a force. Um, and that kind of, that's a little bonkers to me to think that this fundamental you know, constant mm-hmm. isn't really a force. It's more of a shadow on the wall. It's more of mm-hmm. a reflection. It's more of an effect. Like, whoa. That's yeah, a... there's, there's so much out there, you know, that we, we have no idea. Man, what a fundamental effect to have. <laughs> <laughs> what do we call that? Um, yeah, my name is Jared Hanning, and I spent 20 years in full-time classical music, uh, professionally playing. Uh, but I, I mentioned that as a background because some people don't know this about music, but whether you are uh, singing along to the radio, driving in in your car or, you know, beating your hands on the dashboard, playing virtual drummer, uh, anytime you are engaged in co-creating music, um, you are using more different parts of your brain than any other time of your life. Uh, Your brain lights up like a fireworks show. And this is a sharp contrast to when you're using your brain um, for like athletic performance. Um, the better your body is performing athletically, the quieter your brain gets. It enters kind of a, a meditative state. 
And this doesn't mean that music is better for your brain than athletic mm -hmm. performance. It doesn't mean that at all. Um, what it does mean is if you are using more different parts of your brain on demand, then what effect would that have on your life if you learned how to tap into those different ways of thinking mm -hmm. on purpose? And um, so when I was a musician, I would give talks, uh, the musical secrets of leadership, the musical secrets of productivity, teaching people how to think from different parts of their brain, because it gives them the innovation they need to solve those problems. Um, when I left music and where I've been for the past 10 years uh, is at the Mindset Gym. Uh, I train people in a series of exercises called Mindset Push-Ups. Um, as a result of doing this work, uh, most entrepreneurs usually double their revenue in the first year. Um, and we're using a Nobel nominated process that kind of oversees the whole thing. Okay. Um, but what it sort of comes down to is you're only one thought away from your next breakthrough. Okay. Uh, the problem is you can't think of what you can't think of. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we, we, we physically rewire your brain. Like you can feel your brain making new connections while you're going through some of these mindset pushups. Yeah. That's awesome. So two questions on that. One is what instrument do you play? Uh, I am a violist by trade, the okay. redheaded stepchild of the orchestra. Um, but I probably made my living on the violin, uh, okay. mainly because nobody wants to hear a viola player. What is the difference between a violin and a viola? I don't know if I know the answer to that. Um, <laughs> so the, they're both shoulder instruments. Yeah. Um, the viola is slightly longer, about two inches longer. Okay. And it has the same strings as a cello. Uh, so think of it as an octave higher cello, just a high pitch. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So, so is, it, is it hitting notes then that the violin cannot hit like lower, lower notes then it has five lower notes that the violin okay. doesn't have. And the violin has about five higher notes that the yeah. violin doesn't have. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I, I, um, was a, I say was because I, I have three small children and I don't get uh, to do it very much anymore. Um, but I, I was a guitar player, uh, for a long time. Um, and uh, played, you know, on stage, not not anywhere near your capacity, more of like, you know, at the bar scene in college. Um, yeah, man. You know, but but uh, no, totally get that of like kind of using different parts of your brain. You know, like like you can almost feel that like flow state. You know, when you're when you're just in a good jam or something like that. And um, I'm sure we'll we'll talk about that in flow state. But um, no, lo love the guitar, love the string instruments. I've got mine sitting right over there. My original Washburn D10. Uh, that oh, I've yes. had for I don't know 20 years now oh yeah um and then I've got my daughter's little Yamaha sitting right next to it so I'm, I'm trying to get her to, to start strumming a little bit too so if we if we took your brain out well you'd be dead but um <laughs> the exciting part is there's a, a a fiber network that connects the both halves of the brain okay. so that they can kind of talk to each other and that fiber network is called the corpus callosum and if you take a, a brain of a musician and, and pull it apart at the half just a little bit, you can see with just your bare eye unaided that their corpus callosum is thicker than a non-musician. You don't need a microscope to see this. Mm -hmm. And it's just because their brain has had to rewire itself for that much bandwidth of both halves uh, communicating with each other. And is that those halves, is, is it like, and you, you, you're saying that it's larger and you can see it with the naked eye. Is that like because of music forces you to have kind of, you know, a creative capacity that you wouldn't normally have and you're kind of thinking at a different bandwidth, so to speak? Like, like what, what would be the reason behind like actual seeing physical growth? That's really cool. 
Uh, so the the simplistic side, uh, how people have broke down, like left brain is more logical yeah. and right brain is more artistic. Um, and but then of course you talk to actual neuroscientists and they're like, no, it's not like that at all. It's just a pile of goo, <laughs> and it's not consistent from one person to another. It's just a mess in there, right? But um, it, it, with based with that simplistic idea, um, in in music you're having to think logically, mathematically, predictably, uh, but at the same time you're having to think abstractly and mm -hmm. artistically. And these compete with each other, these two values, and you're having to kind of hold both of them gently in your hand without crushing one of them. So in order to do that, your brain is having to get both halves to sync up and it syncs up through that fiber network, the corpus callosum. Okay. Okay. Well, so, so tell me, tell me about the, the, the mindset gym then. So what, like, what is this and, and what are you guys doing there with, with some pushups? Uh, mindset gym, um, under the principle that you can't change thinking with more thinking. Okay. Um, I mean, you would have by now, yeah. if you could think your way out of it, mm -hmm. uh, you would have by now. Um, you can't read the label from the inside of the bottle or you would have. Mm -hmm. Uh, so whenever something isn't working in your life, uh, the relationship, the productivity, the business, the money, whatever it is, um, three things are going on. And, and this is where the mindset gym comes in. Um, the first one is that you're doing everything you know to do like pat yourself on the back. If there's something else you'd be doing, you'd already be doing it. What that means is that working harder isn't going to make a difference or it would have already. Uh, the second thing is that everything that you are thinking of to solve that problem makes sense. It's reasonable. It's rational. What that means is that working smarter isn't going to make a difference or it would have by now. Mm -hmm. um, these are kind of hard, uncomfortable limits to personal development. So the solution, what's really going to transform that relationship, that business, your productivity, your finances, I mean, actually transform. I don't mean more of the same. I don't mean maybe a little bit better, but radically transform it. The solution will at first seem like a bad idea. If it made sense to do, you would already be doing it. And this is where we're at with traditional business coaching or life coaching or motivational seminars or books. It is well-meaning, good-sounding advice from your mother-in-law that doesn't actually move the needle. This is the situation you're at when you're five years old, you're learning to ride a bicycle, you're a little wobbly, you don't have it yet. They take off the training wheels. They take off the training wheels. You're doing the best you can. Your crazy Aunt Jenny comes by with some well-meaning advice. And what does she say? You need to go faster because when you go faster, it's easier to balance. Mm -hmm. And you think to yourself, that is the dumbest idea I've ever heard. This is why they call her crazy Aunt Jenny, right? If I can't balance going slow, how's going fast going to help? Well, this is the same situation with your current relationship, your current finances, your current business, whatever's going on. People are coming to you, giving you well-meaning advice. And in your head, you think, oh my gosh. It's like, they don't even understand the situation I'm in. There's no way I can do that. It doesn't make a difference. It seems like it should, but it actually doesn't. Okay, five years old bicycle. One day, you go a little faster. Maybe your dad pushed you. Maybe you're going downhill. Maybe you got distracted. Maybe you got a little bit better at handlebars, pedal, whatever, whatever. You go just a little bit faster one day. And you feel something inside your body for the very first time. The instant you feel that new sensation in your body. Your brain rewires itself to make sense of it. And your brain goes, oh my gosh, now I understand. 
Now I understand what crazy Aunt Jenny was talking about. She's still crazy, but I do understand what she meant about going faster because it's easier to balance. Now I get it. Okay, here is the distinction. Before your body felt the difference, no amount of information made a difference. Mm -hmm. After your body felt the difference, no amount of information was needed. So at the Mindset Gym, rather than giving you life coaching, business coaching advice, which what a waste of time that is, or it would work by now, right? We just put you on the bicycle. Okay. And by getting that feeling inside your body, your brain instantly rewires itself and goes, oh my gosh, now I understand. And now you don't need the seminar. You don't need the book. You don't need the advice because your brain is thinking that way on its own. Okay. So it's basically like you, you guys are almost fast tracking like the, the physical manifestation of what you've been thinking about for a long time, right? Or advice that you've been wanting to get for a long time. So like that that bicycle example right there, you know, um, and instead of them going slow and just listening to the advice and saying, yeah, that sounds great. Go fast, go fast, go fast. But like, I'm not going to do that. You guys just go ahead and push them pretty much is what it sounds like. Right. And, and get them to have that physical experience. It, it may be physical, may, may not in some instances, but to actually have that experience to where to it's have gonna, the experience yeah, yeah, to where it's going to, you know, your, your mind is going to recognize that. Yeah. We put the experience in your body. So if we were trying to teach you to ride a bicycle, we would put you on the bicycle. Mm -hmm. We would put balance inside your body. Now, a great way to put balance inside your body is a bicycle, but you can also do it with a slack line. You can also do it with a pogo stick. Right? I mean, there's other ways to do it, the, but the, all of those ways are immersive, visceral, transformational experiences. And when it clicks inside your body, then your brain understands. So when it comes to delegation or leadership or systems or planning ahead, or productivity or profitability or charging or lead mm -hmm. generation or referrals, whatever it is, we put that way of thinking, that, that feeling viscerally inside your body. And when you feel the difference, your brain rewires itself. You can actually feel your brain making the new connections. It's similar to when um, you're reading a book and you take an old piece of information and your brain connects it with a new piece of information in the book, and you have that aha, that mm -hmm. kind of, oh my gosh, Eureka, aha. It's that feeling as you're, you can tell that your brain is making new neurological connections. And that's what we do at the Mindset Gym. Uh, uh, can you give me an example? I, I, I know you like, obviously, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a program, right? But like, I, I'm just thinking along the lines of like lead generation, right? Of like, you know, if I'm just banging my head against the wall, you know, and, and me as a business owner, like this is what I, a lot of what I do, right? It's like, hey, I want to make sure I'm building an audience, make sure, um, you know, I, I've got emails coming in and things like that, right? And you're trying different things and some of them work, some of them don't work and you're kind of banging your head against the wall, right? Of like, ah, it's like, why can't I get this to work, you know? Um, like, give me, like, like, how would you change the, the mindset there? Like, what, what would be an example of an exercise if you're willing to, to share something? Okay, uh, thank you for your understanding. Um, it's not... It isn't a proprietary issue. It's not like I'm afraid to tell secrets. It's a waste of time issue. Yeah. Um, it's like describing how to ride a bicycle. Yeah. I describe how to ride the bicycle and you're like, oh yeah, I understand. You move the pedals <laughs> and you move the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. I totally, under, it totally makes sense, man. I totally got it. Right. Um, the mindset gym is a, is a visceral experience. Um, now, now related to the visceral experience about lead generation, um, at the Mindset Gym, our definition is that mindset is a strategic way of thinking. Mindset okay. isn't an attitude. 
mindset isn't a way of looking at the world. Mindset isn't a personality trait. Um, mindset isn't introverted, extroverted. Um, mindset is a strategic way of thinking. And because it's a strategic way of thinking, it's something that anybody can access. Anybody can use that filter, that metric to solve problems out in the world. Okay, lead generation. Now, if I asked you mm -hmm. to add 100 new subscribers to your podcast, you would give me some strategies that would do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're like, well, I'd probably go on Facebook. Um, I might go on Instagram. I might go on TikTok. Yeah. Um, if, I, if I was under the gun and I really, really had to do it, um, I would be DMing a lot more people. That was my first thought. I was like, if you tell me I got to get 100, I'm DMing. Yeah, right? I'm just going to DM my face <laughs> off and get him in there, right? Yeah. Um, if I was really, really under the gun, um, I would be DMing other influencers that could help me get a mm -hmm. few, like I would be calling in favors, man. I would yeah. just be calling in favors. Hey man, I'm super embarrassed. Uh, would you be willing to show or this three minute clip from this recent episode? Because I think your audience would like it. Like, so I'd be doing that. I'd be DMing. I would be posting. Um, I'd be going live. Um, if I was stupid and forgot everything that I've learned about ads, I would actually run ads. <laughs> it's been a colossal amount of money for that one subscriber yeah, right. um, that I got by running ads. Um, yeah. And those strategies are great. Okay. Now, what if it was a thousand subscribers and you're like, I could still do it, but I'm going to need a year. going to need, I can still do it. It's just going to take three months. It's going to take more time. Mm -hmm. Okay. What if it was 10,000 subscribers? I think I could do that in a year. The problem is at some point it's out of my hands. There's only so much DMing and calling in favors and posting. Yeah, I would need, I would need, you know, scale at that point in time. Right. So thinking about resources, um, you know, partnerships, things like that. Yeah. At, at some point I'm, I'm just kind of victim to the algorithm. Like Facebook gives me some love, iTunes gives me some love, or they don't. I can only do what I can. Now I can I can cheat by you talked about joint ventures, you talked about resources, buying ads, that kind of thing, buying exposure. I could cheat, but even then, ah, there's going to be a little luck. It's kind of out of my hands. I can do what I can. Maybe we can get it in a year. Okay. What about ten thousand subscribers in thirty days? Right. Your brain's yeah. like, uh, now all that means is that your way of thinking about getting subscribers works for a hundred, but it breaks down at 10,000. Mm -hmm. The strategies that are good for a hundred or a thousand over three months, those are good strategies. They're really good for hitting that number. Yeah. But they right, don't take work the, for 10,000. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They don't work for 10,000 in 30 <clears throat> days. Now, that doesn't mean that it can't be done. It just means that we're going to have to think at a higher level about how we're going to get those subscribers because the DMing is not going to work. The posting is not going to work. The calling in favors is not going to work. Mm -hmm. Okay, so how, how do we get there? 
Well, we'll solve that problem. Um, what if you had to get 10,000 subscribers in one day? How could it be done? There's only a handful of ways to do it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I would probably have to do some type of partnership and JV thing where. Okay. With you who? Know, uh, just, you know, other relationships from other bit like, like businesses, right. You know, in, in the marketplace, potentially, um, uh, you know, potentially people I've had on as a podcast guest, right. Of, of okay. them reaching out to their list. Um, but I think it, it, you obviously would have to, to have some type of, of influence from other people involved, right. It, you wouldn't be you just DMing 10,000 people in a day. I it, think. It, it's an option. It, yeah. It, sure. Sure. It's an option to get influence from other people. I bet though, if you, um, really called around and called in a bajillion favors and, and got like 25 guests from your past podcast interviews, I bet you might could get a thousand in a day. Mm -hmm. I don't know about 10,000. So how could we do 10,000? What would it take to do that? What would it take? There's about four ways to do it. Now, I think you're on the right track with joint ventures. The question is, who would you need to joint venture with mm -hmm. that could get you 10,000 new subscribers in a day? Mm -hmm. Who is that person? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, the only thing I'm thinking of is just other kind of dad, dad influencers, you know, in, in the space, obviously I'm, you know, uh, is there a around dad dads. influencer big enough whose audience is big enough that if you were on their show, it would get you 10,000 new subscribers. Maybe, uh, maybe I don't know the dad space yeah. enough, but my hunch is there's not one quite that big. Yeah. Um, there are some that if you were on their show, you might get a thousand new subscribers. Mm. That, that might, might be doable. Okay. So where could you go where the exposure is so great? you could get a thousand new subscribers. I yeah. Mean, I mean, you, you know, it goes straight to the, the, the Apple iTunes top 25, right. And say, Hey, if I can connect with them, right. Mm -hmm. In some way, potentially give them some value. Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe that could open up a connection that, that would, would give a, a shout out or, or whatever, or referral um, that could yeah. be, be at the scale that I would need. To hit those yeah. Numbers. yeah. So we could go there. We could go to the podcast where they have a million downloads that month. Hmm or there are 10 million downloads that month. We could go to those shows. We could go to those shows where they have 100,000 listeners per episode in the first three hours or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yes, sure, we can go to those shows. Uh, I think that's a great solution. Um, so the next step is, how do you get on that show? Yeah, right. <laughs> Who do you know <laughs> that knows that person? Yeah. Okay. That's a problem you can solve. Okay. Yeah. I so, bet mm -hmm. you, I bet you in your cell phone, you can solve that problem. Yeah. No, I bet there's good. somebody in your phone that knows that show host personally. Yeah, there is. There, I, I can guarantee you right now there is. Yeah. And so it's just, yeah. So I get it. I, I mean, obviously that was a kind of simplified exercise, right? Of us, you know, um, just talking here, but but I kind of get where you're going with that, right? To, to open up the new level of thinking. And so as I think through and say, all right, me, myself, what can I do? 
I, I could probably get a thousand in a day like myself, right? Like I can DM a bazillion people and just be like, hey, follow this, you know, follow this, follow this, whatever. Um, <laughs> you know? um, but in order to get to that next level, you need to shift the way that you're thinking, right? And so I, I honestly wouldn't even have thought that, right? Like I, I probably have in my phone right now contacts, you know, that that if I were to look on there is, is one contact away from someone in the top 25 on, on iTunes right now, right? And so kind of, kind of, yeah, shifting the way that you're thinking and, and operating at a little high, bit of a higher level there and just kind of like opening your mind, I guess, to, to the possibility that, there. That particular strategy is add a zero, go 10 times bigger and take away the time. Yeah, that, that's, uh, I don't know if you're a big Grant Cardone fan. Um, do you know Grant? He's got some good stuff. Yeah, okay. Um, I would say he's got the, the book, The 10X Rule, um, that, that's, you know, a similar uh similar you know kind of mindset although like i said i'm not like in love with a lot of grand stuff um i think he 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 makes you think big right which is which is good and so that that's what he says about goal planning too is like hey whatever your goal is you know if you want to uh you know make a hundred thousand dollars this year or something like that right he's like just multiply that by by 10 he's like because you know that, that that's gonna actually inspire you to take action um you know and it's going to be doable if you have the right mindset to go after it it is now add to that, and this is mm -hmm. a part of that equation, add to that Elon Musk's advice, mm -hmm. which is there's no reason your 10 year goals can't be done in six months. <clears throat> so if it's a hundred thousand, sure, put together a plan for a million. Mm -hmm. Now take your plan for a million and rework it so it can yeah, be done in 30 the days. Mm -hmm. And you have to throw out all your strategies. You have to come up with totally new strategies. Maybe you can't come up with a strategy, so you have to call on a friend. You're like, hey, man, um, I'm trying to solve this puzzle. I don't know how to put together a plan that'll do a million dollars in 30 days. What are some ideas that I haven't considered? Mm -hmm. And they're like, dude, I don't know. And you're like, okay, who do you know that knows? They're like, oh, wait, now that you mention it, my friend, that's what he mm -hmm. does. He puts those plans together. Can you introduce me? Great. Now you're on the way. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, no, that was, I, I appreciate the, the kind of example and exercise and, and just wanted to get a better sense and you know, kind of what, what you guys have under the hood there, you know, so that, that's very cool. Um, so are, are you working, who is your primary audience then? Is it, is it business owners primarily? I deal with a lot of business owners. Um, but the main reason I deal with business owners is because they value their personal development. Mm -hmm. They understand that their business is just a reflection of them. Yep. And because they have such a premium on that, they, they just naturally seek out ways to learn to think at a higher level. Mm -hmm. And I just happen to be one of those ways at the mindset gym. Okay. Um, the other thing about being a business owner is in order for the work that the benefits you get from the mindset gym, in order for that to start to show up in your life, you need to have some control over your schedule. Mm -hmm. um, some people, just the nature of their job, they have zero control over their schedule or their time. Mm -hmm. um, so the mindset gym, they're not, they're just not gonna get a lot out of it. Yeah. Um, you need control over your time. Okay. What would you say is um, some of the biggest hangups that, that you see with, with, with some, you know, business, whether the business owners or not, you know, coming in and um, what are those limiting beliefs you think that you see most often and where, where do people, you know, what, what, I guess, what gets unlocked the, the most often at the mindset gym? Um, there's a, when we, um, I'm going to show a picture of it. Oh, this isn't a good picture, but um when we map out somebody's thinking patterns, mm -hmm. we're able to see like the, the algorithm that their brain is using to solve problems. Okay. And with that algorithm, 
not only can we see how their brain is thinking about solving problems, but we can also predict better um, what problems that they're in. And so at that point, it's a little spooky because it feels like somebody's reading your mail. <laughs> yes, I experience that all the time. How did you know? Yeah. How did you know that? Well, we can see here the way your brain goes about solving problems. And we can compare that to people who are struggling. And we can compare that to people that always have more than enough free time, always have more than enough resources, just keep leveling up and buying companies. Mm -hmm. We can compare the way your patterns cross in your mind versus their patterns. Now, there, there's a couple of questions you asked me. One of them was limiting beliefs that come up. And another one was um, like hurdles, obstacles mm -hmm. that tend to pop up. One of them that's uh, pretty common, pretty common, is this idea that um, the best way to get results is take action. Um, now on the surface, this seems like a great idea. Well, but yeah, but re action does produce results. <laughs> it's not quite that simple. So what happens is the people that value taking action, go get her hustle drive. Let's we burn a daylight. We'll figure it out as we go. Come on, let's hustle up. Go, 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 go. Yeah. These are great for starting mm -hmm. companies. Mm -hmm. They're great for starting it. But within the first month, they're totally overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. They're just drowning, totally overwhelmed. And the reason is, if your brain thinks that the best way to solve problems is take action, then your brain spends its time looking for action to take. Yeah, just piling more and more stuff on your plate. There's I'll always imagine. more on your to-do list than you have time to get done. Working harder and faster doesn't clear it up. You're just constantly spinning your wheels. And you know you're spinning your wheels because you haven't doubled your revenue in the past 10 years. Mm -hmm. You make the same amount of money every year. So working harder and faster isn't making a difference. Mm -hmm. The problem is it's a blind spot. It makes so much sense that working harder and faster should make a difference that your brain can't even conceive <laughs> that it's a blind spot, mm -hmm. that there's something on the other side that you just haven't seen yet. So this is a thinking pattern, a way of thinking, the way of thinking that says, if I'm in trouble, I need to work harder and faster. Right. And working harder and faster is what got you in that situation to start with. That's why you can't work smarter because your brain can only think of what already makes sense. And mm -hmm. what already makes sense is what has you messed up to start with. It's a thinking pattern, a way of thinking that crops up a lot. The idea that more action gets more results. Mm -hmm. Look, man, I'm not going to argue with you, but if you're tired of having more on your to-do list and you have time to get done, come see me. <laughs> I'm going to say that sounds like me. <laughs> um, and when you come see me, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm going to put you through a series of mindset pushups. Okay. We're going to put you to work in the gym. Um, now limiting beliefs. Here's an interesting limiting belief that is tied to that guys come in all the time and they're like, no, no, I'm not afraid of success. I'm not afraid of success. I, I would love to be more successful. <laughs> oh shit. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't look, look at how you avoid like the plague, the very things that will make you more successful that you know will actually make a difference. And how, oh, well, I was sick that day. Oh, I was tired mm -hmm. that day. Oh, I had to take care of this. Oh, I had to take care of that. Look how good your brain is at coming up with reasons to not do the thing that actually makes the difference. Mm -hmm. And the reason is, and this is that limiting belief, the reason is that it is more noble to work hard. That hard work is more noble. It's more righteous. It's, it's more meaningful and purposeful. The idea though, 
is that if I'm successful, then my life is easier. Mm -hmm. I have more free time. I have assistance. I have helpers. I don't have to work as hard. Well, now that I'm not working as hard, at least that's the lie that we tell ourselves, then I'm not as needed. My life doesn't have as much purpose and meaning. So in order to keep that purpose and meaning, my brain constantly self-sabotages to make my life as difficult as possible so that I get that feeling, but I'm working hard. Yeah. Mm. Hard work is more noble. Yeah. I would say I, I would probably fall into that too. I mean, like uh, I'm, I'm one of those people that um, I always feel like I have to be working on something, right? Like if I, even if things are going really well and it's like supposed to be a day off, you know, I'll like, I'll feel guilty, you know, I'll be like, well, shit there. I, I should really be doing this right now, you know? Um, and my, my wife gets, gets mad at me on that because I can't sit still, you know? Um, and it, it, it's, it's probably, it's probably part of that too, right? It, is that kind of limiting self-belief, you know, um, of saying that, you know, I don't really want the success, right? Um, just because I, I feel like the hard work is, is, is the, the important thing, you know? And hard work feels good. Like mm -hmm. it, it viscerally feels good. Um, this is where, um, good things break down at scale. Mm -hmm. That feeling in your body, that feeling is evolutionarily refined to keep us alive as a species. Guys who felt like you did 10,000 years ago survived to reproduce. Mm -hmm. But then it breaks down at scale. Yep. Now guys who feel like you do don't live as long. Mm -hmm. Because they just keep putting more and more stress unnecessarily in mm -hmm. their space. We have to learn to think at a higher level. Now, the lie is, if I was more successful, my life would be easier. I would have less to do. I would have more free time. I would have more help. I would need, I would have less challenges. I would have less struggle. That's the lie. The truth is that more successful is equally difficult work. Yeah, it's just it's different. It's just a work. different kind. Mm -hmm. It's emotional, it's intellectual, it's purposeful, it's intentional. It's not with your hands. Mm -hmm. Okay. How, how long are folks typically with you in the mindset gym? Is this, uh, you know, do, do they you know, typically come in? Like, obviously you guys can see kind of what the thinking patterns that they have, right? Um, and then, you know, hopefully they're able to overcome that obstacle and, and think more strategically um, and, and kind of, you know, solve that roadblock. But I, I would imagine the work is not done there. Right. Like there, there's always opportunity for us to, to be more strategic in our thought. Um, yeah. A couple questions and a couple answers. Um, the, the process does start uh, with the mind scan. Um, that's the that's the tool that we use to map out the thinking patterns. Yeah. If you that's guys are, are watching this, um, it looks really cool. Um, <laughs> it's pretty, yeah, it's yeah, cool. Jerry, Jerry's got like an actual picture of the brain up and it's got like red here, green here, yellow here to kind of show you like where you're where you're thinking and what type of pattern you're, you're falling into. Um, so we start there. Um, it's a, a prescription without a diagnosis is malpractice. Um, so it's 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 just stupid to say that the mind, mindset gym is for you. It's stupid mm -hmm. to say these are the mindset pushups you need. It's possible that this isn't a good fit for you at all. Mm -hmm. um, so we start with the mind scan um, and that that review process, just going through the thinking patterns. Um, this is a Nobel nominated process. Um, it is about an hour. It's just total depth looking at the thinking patterns, uh, the opportunities, the strategies, uh, the ways that other people in your situation think different. And that's why they're either more stressed or they're more successful. Um, we get to compare some of those thinking patterns. Um, and then at the end of that, it, it paints a very clear picture of which mindset pushups need to be done in which order. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the beginning of the process. But the other question you're asking is like, how long does it take? How long does it take to get out of the weeds? Mm-hmm. Um, and the answer there is it takes most people about three months to master the three different fundamental types of exercises. Um, like in a regular gym, you know, you've got aerobic, you've got anaerobic. Mm-hmm. different types of exercises. And then within those, there's a subset of specific exercises for building aerobic capacity or building anaerobic capacity. Same thing in the mindset, gym, right? And it takes about three months to master the three different categories that we go to work in making new connections in your brain. Some people after that three months have already doubled their revenue, mm-hmm. are way out of the weeds, back on the beaten path, clear and free, running fast. And they're like, thank you so much. I'm ready to go to the next level. And I'm like, get out of here, <laughs> right? Because you really are. Some people finish that core set of exercises and they're like, so what are we doing next week? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they have been with me for years. And those are the kind of people that you ask them, when are you in shape? And they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> when, <laughs> you, always, when you yeah. stop working out. It's you just should, what you, you should do. you should make them do more of those push-ups that they shouldn't be afraid of success, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so we do. Like we keep mastering and refining, yeah. and we go back through them. And yeah, they're, they're here for years. Uh, but yeah. it's not that they need to be. It's just that they've become addicted <clears throat> to working out. Yeah. Well, Jerry. So I want to transition a little bit um, to uh, to talk a little bit about fatherhood. So I think some of the stuff that yes. <laughs> So some of the stuff that you're working on, I, I, it's incredible, first of all, um, just, just amazing work. Um, but I think it, it can definitely be like directly applied to, you know, being a dad, right? And, and being a father and, and trying to, to do those uh, maybe a little bit less extreme, um, you know, mental push-ups with your children, right? And just to kind of, you know, to bring them up, to instill the values, and instill the strategic thinking in them while they're young. Um, and hopefully that's going to pay dividends when they get older, right? Um, and so, I, I mean, I would love to hear kind of how the work that you've been doing for the last 10 years has helped shape your approach as, as a dad. Oh my gosh. Okay, man, maybe we can edit this episode and start at this point and put yeah. that other stuff at the end. <laughs> um, at, at the end of the day, I believe personally that your experience as a dad and your kids experiences with you is just a byproduct of the amount of free time you have, the amount of resources you have, mm-hmm. the amount of health you have. And my, my illustration for that is to just notice how you talk to your kids when you're stressed out, mm-hmm. how you talk to your kids when you're totally happy. When you're stressed out, it's this list of right, wrong, good, bad, because I said so, do this, do that. I'm trying to protect you. I'm trying to make you so you can survive in the real world. But that only comes out when you're stressed out, Yeah. when you're feeling under the gun, when you're totally satiated and content and don't have a want and need of the world and you got all the time in the day, suddenly you're not beating your kids up. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, let's hang out. Do you want to play ball? <laughs> want, want, want to kick it around? Come on. You know, you know. Um, so because of that, the, the biggest impact that I think we can have in a dad's relationship with his son is in the dad's relationship with his business, mm-hmm. because that's where it's going to create the free time and the resources and the peace of mind and the health for him to start showing up as a big, better person. Yeah. And then to, to echo that too, and kind of bring up that point you said earlier, right? The, the business is a direct reflection on yourself too, right? So I think 
what, what you guys are doing is, is helping people unlock, you know, the thinking patterns in themselves, right. Think more strategically, um, you know, that's ultimately going to make them a, a better, more strategic person, which is then going to help their business, right. Which then in turn can help your relationship with, with your, your kids, right. Cause you're going to have more time. You're going to have less stress. So I think, you know, ultimately it comes down to, you know, making sure you are becoming the best version of yourself that you can be, because then that's going to be a direct reflection on your business, direct reflection on your relationship with your family, um, you know, with, with your kids, with your friends, your community, et cetera. You, you mentioned uh, earlier this idea of um, like training your kids to make better decisions and to deal with things. And, mm. but then we look at the things that we want our kids to do that we aren't doing. Mm-hmm. Um, the expectations we place on them that we deceive ourselves that we're, we're doing that. No, no, you're not. No, you're not. You're asking your kid to do something that scares the crap out of them. Right now, what scares the crap out of you? Going to sit down with a counselor with your wife. Cause it's emotional. It's uncomfortable. And you don't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. What scares the crap out of you dealing with that uncomfortable feeling you get whenever it comes time to look at your accounting or plan ahead, or build mm-hmm. better systems, or, or delegate, or train. feels uncomfortable. It's just easier mm-hmm. for you to do the work. That's comfortable. What feels uncomfortable for you? Learning to think at a higher level, charging $10,000 instead of $1,000. So we're asking our kids to, no, no, just go give that speech in front of your class. No, no, just charge out there and lead your team. And mm-hmm. really, really? <laughs> so that's where I think the, the mindset gym gives people kind of the best access um, to become a transformational figure in their kid's life. And, and there's a story, story I'd like to share here about yeah. how mindset is a way of thinking Yeah, and how what makes sense to us actually blinds us from what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and those blind spots are why we keep hitting that obstacle in our life. Now, a blind spot is something that makes sense to us. This is going to be incredibly frustrating. The idea that what makes sense to us is what has us running into those obstacles. And here's the story as it relates to fatherhood. Guy is frustrated because his kids judge him for being a bad dad. And he's just exasperated. How in the world could my kids possibly judge me for being a bad dad? How could they possibly do it? Let me tell you about my dad. When I was a kid growing up, my dad never came to my sporting events. He never wanted to play ball with me. He never would buy me equipment. I had to borrow equipment from my friends. I had to hitch ride to practice. He never once spent time at any of my sporting events. I don't do that for my kids. I'm at all of my kids' sporting events. I buy them the best equipment. I'm always asking them to go outside and play ball. How can they possibly say that I'm a bad dad? Well, remember. What makes sense to us is what has us stuck. What makes sense is the blind spot that keeps us hitting that obstacle. What makes sense to him is that his dad was a bad dad because his dad didn't take an interest in his sports. He's taking an interest in his kids' sports. That makes him a good dad. Why don't his kids see it? Mm. Well, they don't see it because of the blind spot that makes sense. And what's on the other side of that blind spot is it wasn't that his dad wasn't interested in his sports. 
It was that his dad wasn't interested in what he was interested in. Mm -hmm. You see, his kids are interested in piano and theater and music and video games, poetry and Pokemon cards. And he thinks that's stupid. (laughs) Yeah, he can't see it. The other principle in play there is that as you judge others, you will also be judged. So by judging his dad as a bad dad, he set in motion the mechanism that his kids will judge him. He just couldn't see that he was out of control over what his mm-hmm. kids would judge him for. Yeah, no, that's, that's powerful. I think um, one, one of the things that I just did a video on uh, a couple of days ago was, um, you know, like our, our job as a dad, I feel a lot of times is, is really to, like, to make sure that our kids feel seen heard and understood right and that goes like exactly back to that right that you know he, he thought he was being a good dad uh because you know he, he feels like that that is what he was doing right he was taking an interest but if he was to take a step back right and and you know just take take a step back and see that hey I'm, i feel like i'm pushing my kids in this area but that's not really what they're interested in right and their, their kids are probably you know screaming at him maybe not literally but but obviously dropping signs and hints of like dad i'm, I'm this is not what i want to do you know um, and he feels like he's doing the right thing by pushing them and, and making sure that he's there to push them. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's an impactful story. Just a, it's a way of thinking. Mm. Um, and the reason we can't see the solution is because our way of thinking makes sense to us. Mm. Yeah. Um, Taking more action gets more results. So you should take more action. Right. That makes sense. And that's why you can't see that. That's why you don't ever have free time. And that's why you don't have ever have results. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I thought this is a counseling session. I'm sitting on your couch here, Jared, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so no, that, that's definitely me. I'm, uh, I feel like I need to, you know, like I said, I'll always be doing something right. I, I need to take action to get results, but that's something we can table and talk, uh, you know, one-on-one about, right. I can sign up and do some middle pushups. Um, well, the, the cool <laughs> part is if, if you took the mind scan, mm-hmm. sales pitch here, right. Yeah. Um, if you took the mind scan, you would be able to see side by side, how your brain solves problems and how people like Richard Branson's brain solves problems or Elon Musk mm-hmm. or Grant Cardone we can see the difference. Mm -hmm. And when you see the difference and you look at the difference, it's easier to make that connection to how they think when they're in trouble and the results that they have in their life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Jerry, so, so tell me about your kids. You have, you have a son, obviously you've been talking about, you know, playing baseball and stuff like that. Um, how many kids do you have? Okay. I have, I have one child. Okay. And, um, he currently is 12. Um, okay. he's playing 14 U baseball. He plays up. Uh, we spent two seasons playing on a national level team. Um, big, I mean, he's, he's playing very well <laughs> for his age. He, okay. He's, he's definitely a, a stud above and beyond. Uh, what's interesting uh, about that story is I was a musician, right? I was full-time mm-hmm. classical music. Um, so I didn't, I didn't play sports. Um, I didn't play sports growing up. I didn't have sports skills. Um, actually when I was a kid, I was, I was terrified of catching the ball. If I was on the T-ball team or whatever it is, and you threw the ball to me, I would stand to the side and let it hit the ground. I wasn't <laughs> yeah, about to get in front of it. <laughs> so my kid, he, he for oh, out of nowhere, um, he, he was allergic to music. He wanted to nothing to do with music. Um, no music, no music, no music. And um, oh, okay, okay, that's fine. 
So, you know, we're just kind of waiting now to yeah. see like, what's mm -hmm. he going to be interested in? And one day he comes home and it's sports and all right, well, let's, let's get into sports. <laughs> so in order to be involved in his world, I had to learn about sports. I don't know anything about watching football or baseball or bat. I don't know. I don't well, know. What the at least your are. son chose the best sport in the world, you know, so, yeah. <laughs> it's got so good I had to learn. Right. So I'm like watching videos and, and I'm watching games with him and asking him what's going on and having him explain it. And, but then he, he really takes to baseball and, and he's, he's always been just bigger, faster, stronger, more skilled, just naturally it's just come to him. And so he has always thrown way harder than mm -hmm. any of his peers. Um, right now, he, yeah, so what, 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 how old is he? say he's, he's 12, right? How, he's 12, how he's 12 and a half. He's 12 and a half right now. And he throws upper sixties. Okay. Um, yeah, I feel like that's pretty quick. It's pretty quick for, for 12. We've got, we've got a couple of things in his body that we're refining, uh, but 70s right around the corner. Uh, once he hits puberty, whenever that's going to be left-handed, he's a lefty. Yeah. Oh, snap. Yeah. It could be mm -hmm. 75 or 80. Right. So two years ago, he was only throwing, I don't know, 55. And I, I would go to the batting cages during the day with my catcher's gear to practice catching the ball because I was so afraid and I would do that until my body would calm down. And it took years of that to learn how to deal with my fear so that I could be involved in my son's life. Yeah. So that I could be actually helpful yeah. catching mm -hmm. for him instead of, I'm sorry, you're throwing too fast. I can't catch for you. <laughs> You'll have to get with your friends. So now here he is throwing upper sixties. He's going to, I mean, seventies, just a couple mm -hmm. months away. It's coming and, and I'm, and I'm getting it better, right? I'm getting better, but I realize he's going to hit puberty. And now we're talking about 75 or 80. Mm -hmm. So for me to grow to that level so that I can still be involved in a meaningful way in his life, I might have to start taking catching lessons. Hey, I used to be a catcher. So you hit me. Oh, up. wow. Yeah. So I was, uh, I played a D2 you know, college ball catcher. So I got you covered. Wow. <laughs> wow. Man, right now my problem is uh, I get thumbed a lot. If yeah. it gets on that outside. Yeah. I don't know. My brain. Yeah. Well, yeah, you got to look up some, some framing exercises. So when you're, when you're obviously you're not playing the game, right. But like part of the catcher's job is like to make the pitch look a little bit better than it is. Yep. You know? And so, yeah, you have to frame it, you know, the right way. And <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's my, my kiddo's life. Um, surprisingly, uh, in the past year or so, he has taken an interest in music. Yeah. Um, which is something I can actually speak intelligently to. So, and, and I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful because he will practice music with me. Yeah. So like he gets out his cello and I sit next to him and we like play the same songs together. And, um, I, I don't, it won't always be like this, right. Mm -hmm. At some point he's going to be a teenager and he has to carve his own path in the world. And, but right now he lets me participate. Yeah. Right yeah. That's, that's awesome. And that, that, that's, I mean, awesome on you to, to, you know, like we were talking about earlier, take an interest in, in what he has an interest in, right. You know, and, and um, yeah, let him know that you support him, you hear him, you understand, you know, that's his, his, his interest. You want to be involved in it. And um, you know, luckily right now, my, my two girls are six and four and they're really into softball. Um, so I know a lot about that, you know, but uh, that, that may change at some point, right? Like, like my youngest one is extremely artistic. Um, she loves drawing, loves coloring. Um, and so I imagine at some point, you know, she'll kind of transition and, and say, I don't want to play softball anymore, 
you know, and that'll be fine. Like whatever she, you know, takes a liking to, like, like I'm going to learn about it and support her on, on whatever journey she's on. That's right. It's, it's not my life to live. Yep. It's, it, mm-hmm. it's your life. I remember when, when he was born um, and I was in the symphony. And so he's born and my symphony friends are just like coming out of the woodwork. They're like, Ooh, what instrument is he going to play? Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. How about we let him choose? Yeah. Or what if he doesn't want to play? Mm. He wants to be a board member or an audience member. Regardless, how about we let him choose? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel like us, especially us as dads, like, you know, we, we can push our, our kids to, on a lot of things, you know, and, and I think that ultimately that's part of our job too, right? It is to, is to push them and to get them outside their comfort zone, um, you know, but we need to be doing it for the right reasons. Um, it, it doesn't need to be us pushing them in a direction because we want it. It needs to be us pushing them in the, in the direction that they desire, but we're, we're showing them that they're capable of more than they think of like in that, in that direction, you know? Um, I, I don't know. It, it's, we, you know, like I said, my kids are super young, six and four, and we'll have some coaches, you know, that we're playing against are like, you know, taking it way too seriously for like six-year-old softball, you know, and like living vicariously through like through their kids. And it's just very obvious. And it's like, you know, no, you need, you need to let them have their own journey and you're sort of just supposed to support them along the way, you know? Yes. There is, um, there's this old, uh, uh, verse in the Bible, um, raise up a child in the way he should go. Hmm. That word way isn't what we think of as way. Um, we think of as way as the right thing. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, well, it's my job to teach him the right political party and the right religion. Mm-hmm. And the that's not what it's saying. It's not saying raise him up in your way. Mm-hmm. And it's the actual word is bent. Bent. And it's the idea that a tree branch shoots off the main trunk, but that branch has kind of a, a bent to it. It has a tendency to favor this over that. And so the idea is more support his natural tendencies, mm-hmm. raise him up in the way he seems to be bent. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and this is that idea. Are they attracted to arts? Well, support their arts are they attracted yeah. to sports support their sport i mean <clears throat> yeah and on that that lens of like political idea and religion and things like that like i, I feel like at least from my perspective I, I feel like it's my job as a dad to, to one to to try to instill like the proper values um but i feel like at some point in time like you know they're, they're not gonna be baby bird anymore right like they're gonna be making their own decisions and so um, I, I feel like that's why it's the job of the dad to, to early on to, to instill those values and teach why things are important, right? And, and, you know, when you make these decisions, this is what you need to be thinking about. But at some point in time, like, you're going to have to let them have those own decisions, you know, and to start to make their own decisions. And if there's consequences associated with those, then that, that's okay, um, you know, but, but you kind of have to let them be their own person. There's three stages, main, main stages, that they go through in the beginning, um, they, you, you are, you keep them alive, right? <laughs> yeah. You have to, 
keep them safe and sheltered and fed. You, you have to keep them alive in the, in the beginning. In, in the middle, you don't have to keep them alive anymore. Um, and, and they are starting to be able to live on their own. So in the middle, it's kind of like a guide. Mm. Um, hey, I've been down this road before. There's a dead end. Yep. Um, and then the next one is they're, they're on their own, fully self-sufficient. What tends to happen is we like the previous stage. We enjoy keeping them alive. We feel more needed. We feel more useful. We feel more meaningful. They have moved on to the second stage where they're fine. They could just use occasional guidance. Mm -hmm. And we're still trying to keep them alive. We're stuck in the past. They've moved on. And when then we complain at why is this relationship breaking down? Well, it's breaking down because you're fulfilling a role that doesn't exist anymore. And you're trying to force them into that. Mm -hmm. And then they go to the next stage where they're on their own and we're still trying to be their guide. Like they're in their twenties and we're trying to give them advice. Yeah. <laughs> They've moved on. Yeah. If, if you want to maintain relationship, you have to be able to take the turn <clears throat> in the road. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Jared, um, I, I want to let people know where they can find you. You mentioned, you know, uh, kind of doing that, that mental map, right? Um, and I want, I want to give the people an opportunity to, to get to know you better. I know you've got some TED Talks out there. You guys can literally just, you know, Google Jared's name, right? And you, you'll find some, uh, some TED Talks out there you guys can listen to. But where can they find you on, on social media or on, your, on a website or anything like that, Jared? Uh, social media, I'm most active on Facebook, Jared Hanning. Uh, website, mindsetperformance.co, C-O, two digits at the end, mindsetperformance.co. Uh, you can find the MindScan, try it for yourself, money back guarantee. Um, uh, you get an amazing report. You get an amazing review with somebody just kind of pouring through your thinking patterns and celebrating your wins, celebrating your strengths, and uh, also showing you how other people think. So you can kind of begin to piece together what it would look like for you to be thinking on the level and with the strategies that their mind is using. Mm -hmm. um, just an amazing experience. About 30% of the people who go through that are in tears uh, because they find it so just confirming and encouraging, empowering, um, just in a way that almost nothing else does, but um, it's Nobel nominated for a reason. Mm -hmm. Mindsetperformance.co. Okay. Yeah. Too easy to remember guys. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's hugely valuable. Um, yeah. Just the conversation that we had today, like, like, you know, literally I, I wrote down a couple of things here. Um, and cause with these, a lot of times I'm taking notes too. Um, so you know, if you guys see me looking off screen, like it, I, I find this extremely valuable too. So I'm, I'm taking notes. Um, I wrote down a couple of things was, uh, you know, really about the blinders, right. That, you know, it, um, what did I write down? I wrote down, uh, you're already doing what you can do. Right. And so if you could do something different, you would have already done it. <laughs> right. Is the big one to me. And then same thing that everything that you're thinking of, like, you know, if you would have thought of the right thing, it would have made a difference. And so, yeah, basically it just kind of confirms those facts that like, there are, are, are there going to be things that you just don't know, right? Like you never thought to think this way. And so, you know, it's not like you shouldn't feel bad that you haven't had some of the results that you've had if you tried everything you can, right? Um, a lot of times it's, it's something that you're just not aware of, you know? Um, so that, that was huge to me as well. Um, so guys, go check out Jared. Um, Jared, thank you, man, for coming on. Um, we're going to definitely have to get together and do some catching lessons. Uh, if, <laughs> please, if nothing else, please. you know, um, <laughs> I'm tired of my thumb being hurt, man. <laughs> so, 
Um, but guys, that, that's gonna that's gonna wrap for the episode. And, and definitely go give Jared a follow. Um, go go check out his talks and go check out uh, the website. So, uh, Jared, thank you so much, man, for for coming on. Really enjoyed the discussion. Thanks so, for having me. All right, guys, we will see you on uh, the next episode.